understand the next time you play your family, that to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hello, Shyhearts, and welcome to episode 39 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we are covering Chicago PD season 5 episode. What number episode was this? 10? 10? 11? No, it was it's more than that. 13? Whatever. It was called It's called Chasing Monsters. This oh, sorry, we do this every week where we're like, what number episode was this? The episode is called Chasing Monsters. That is what we are covering. So, as always, my name is Gina. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined tonight by Ashley. Hi, everybody. Brenna couldn't make it tonight. She is doing basketball stuff, and we miss her terribly. And, yes, come back to us soon, even though it's only been one episode. But still, as always, we like to start off with the news. We didn't really have a lot of news this week. It's a slow news week. I think everybody's kind of gearing up for the Olympics. Uh, which is something we'll talk about later on. But yeah, all we really had, we had a one Chicago Center interview with Jesse Lee Soffer. And it was just kind of about what Halstead's up to and, you know, what he's been doing this season and how he's been kind of off the rails. The only thing that kind of struck me odd in this was that, you know, one of the things the article mentioned was that, you know, why hasn't Jay gone to Will about this? And Jesse said something interesting, and Jesse's like, I don't think this is the kind of thing that he would talk to Will about. He really is that private, which just brought up like a million other questions in my mind, because it makes me want to know even more about their relationship pre-franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like, why haven't we seen Will, like, any brother Halstead scene? Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Well, and plus, when when Will came in in, what, season two, season three, season two of PD, I mean, I feel like we kind of got the vibe that they had been estranged for a while, but then Jay let Will back into his life like it was no big deal. So I want to know what their relationship was like, you know, pre- Will becoming a doctor, pre-J becoming a detective. Like, after Jay went to the military and their mom died, and pre-them becoming the men they are now. Like, I need to know more about that relationship. Yeah. And, like, like, when his, their dad came on for that episode of, was it Med? Yeah. I thought that was going to lead into backstory, but it obviously didn't. I know. I And I love that episode, don't get me wrong, but I need the Jay version of that episode. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So it just it brought up more questions because, like, this is your brother, you know. If you, you know, I like he doesn't speak to his father at all, but it's his brother. So I don't know. And Jay and Will don't like stick together the way I would think they would if their father was abusive and horrible, like Pat Halstead is. Yeah. I I just I have a million theories. I just yeah. <laughs> Th- that that article just brought up way more questions, but um, <laughs> we'll tweet it out, and we actually won't forget this time because it's just a link. So, <laughs> um, as always, if you see any news, please send it to us. There's three of us, and we're very busy during the week, and sometimes we miss things. So please send us links. You will help us so much. But yeah, that's about all we had for the news. Um, we can go ahead and jump right into the episode, which is awesome. As always, we break this down by storyline, and this episode... I thought this episode was really good. What did you think, Ashley? Yeah, I liked it. 
you know, Twitter was kind of split. Some people were like, this episode sucks. And some people were like, this is really good. I really liked it. I don't know. So we're going to start off with the case and we're going to loop the Antonio stuff in because they go pretty hand in hand. So this case was very nuanced and very, you know, detail driven. I liked it a lot. So we start the episode and Burgess and Antonio visit a man named Marco. Marco owns like a jewelry store or something. And Marco tells Antonio that, you know, he was leaving the previous night and this kid came around and told him that bad things would happen if he didn't pay the kid's boss protection money. So, you know, Marco, of course, was like GTFO, um, but also flashed his gun. He, he has a gun on his hip. And so Antonio's like, what the hell are you doing? Hide that. Like, I don't want to see that. Just put it away. And... So Marco's like, I have a permit, whatever. And Antonio's like, okay, we'll come back in the morning. Just, you know, put the gun away. So at this moment, when he was like, you know, put that away, I don't want to see the gun. I was like, well, he's going to die in about mm, 30 minutes. What did you think? (laughs) Yeah. But I was wrong because the next morning they're called to Marco's store and he's dead. (laughs) I mean, I thought he was going to die. I just didn't think he was going to die in like the next scene. They had a lot of people that died this episode. Yeah, it was very Game of Thrones-ish. Just yeah. Like, like, right off the bat. Like, one after the other. I was like, geez. Yeah, for sure. And Marco's death was, like, gruesome, too. It wasn't just, like, a single gunshot. Like, he... Yeah, it was gruesome. Really gruesome. So they're at this jewelry store of Marco's, and this guy, Joe, walks in. I'm assuming he's from Homicide because, like, he walks in and Voight's like, oh, hey, Joe. And it's like, we're supposed to know who this guy is right off the bat. I just, Yeah, so I'm assuming he's from Homicide. I don't know. This is kind of like that episode of Fire a couple weeks back when that medic Campbell walked into Bria's and Dawson was like, Campbell. And it's like, who the hell are you? <laughs> so I'm assuming this guy's from Homicide. But he walks in with Marcella Gomez and Marcella is a police officer visiting from El Salvador. Oh, Marcella. All right, Ashley, initial thoughts of Marcella. I knew something was up with her. Like, I could sense it. Just had that feeling? Yeah. 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 So, Joe kind of gives them a little bit of an update. Or no, I don't think it's Joe. I think it's somebody from intelligence. But anyway... There's a witness to this whole thing with Marco, and the witness saw two males running out the back of Marco's store. So Burgess directs Antonio's attention to the wall, and there are three words written in Spanish. And so Antonio, and they're written in blood, too. Like It's like Stranger Things, kind of, sort of. Right? Minus the Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so um, three words written in blood, and Antonio translates them, and they say, kill, terrify, control. And at this point, this is where Marcella says that this is the motto for a Salvadoran gang called SS11. And, you know, the way she describes them, they're just terrifying. They're just, they're all about, like, show and just, they make a big show and just, you know, they're all about, like, the gravity. And so Voight tells Joe that he wants to keep the case. That's fine. And Marcella just jumps at the chance to help. She's like, hey, I'm here like, let me work this. And so Joe's like, okay. I feel like Joe might have, like, had an idea of what was up. Joe was like, you can take her. Like, I don't want her anymore. Just have her. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's that. So then Upton and Halstead and Ruzik and Atwater, they talk to witnesses and surrounding bi- businesses about this whole situation. So 
Upton and Halstead's guy describes a guy with an SS tattoo who once threatened to kill him and his family if he didn't pay. He sounds wonderful. And Ruzik and Atwater visit a Miss Franny. And Miss Franny owns a bakery and she's kind of the best. And I kind of need Ruzwater to like go back and visit her, even though this episode is done. Um, <laughs> just there's so much adorable Ruzwater in this whole like sequence with them. Just, of course, Ruzik's like stuffing his face with muffins in the first scene. And it's just just the best. It really is, though. And it's just so <laughs> small, but it's just still so like, oh, Adam. So cute. So Franny says that these guys came around and she told him to buzz off. But Ruzik's like, yeah, they'll definitely be back. And so Miss Franny's like, yeah, I will help you guys any way I can, like whatever you want. And so Burgess, Antonio and Marcella, they watch the surveillance camera footage of Marco's death and they note that the assailants have a ton of tattoos and then they watch and Marco wasn't shot to death. He was like bludgeoned to death like beaten over and over like it's gruesome it's pretty gruesome and Antonio and Burgess are like "Mm, just another Tuesday but Marcella can't handle it like she gets really emotional and she excuses herself and Antonio follows her and really awful awkward flirting happens and so you know she's crying and Antonio's like it's when this doesn't get to you that's concerning and just, you know, it's just, it's awkward. And then he hands her tissues. Like, he keeps tissues in his pocket. Who does that? <laughs> I have no idea. I was like, that's random. Isn't it, though? And, like, even though he explains it, he's, like, he's either incredibly sensitive, has a cold, or is prepared for winter in Chicago. Face palm. Mm-hmm. Like, did you rehearse that line in the mirror, Antonio? Like... <laughs> Oh, oh, and I love Antonio Dawson. I do, but none of the men in this franchise know how to flirt, <laughs> except for Severide. But still, like, I thought that was so awkward. What did you think, yeah, Ashley? It yeah. was awkward. Do you know anybody who just keeps tissue in tissues in their purse no. or their bag or their jacket? No. I mean, you and I both live in the South, but like, still. Yeah, is that like a North thing, maybe? I don't know. I don't know anybody that does that. I just, I just, <laughs> it's just so awkward. And the flirting is so bad. So, going on, they're in the bullpen and they bring Boyd up to speed. And so, Marcella kind of explains how they handle this because, you know, Atwater's like, yeah, we ha- we found Miss Franny. She's willing to offer up her business, whatever we need. And so Marcella kind of explains how they roll in El Salvador. And so the gang will usually send in what's called a chiqueo to make the initial offer about the protection money. And a chiqueo is basically just a teenager who goes in. And so they typically will make the owner refuse. And then they will tail the chiqueo back to the gang's safe house. And so voice just like, cool, let's do it. And so they kind of devise a plan from there. And Boyd's just, you know. But at this moment, also, Denny Woods is, like, over his shoulder. So he's like, fuck it. Cool. Whatever you guys want to do, I'll handle it. But, yeah. So they match the tattoos to these two men belonging to an SS-11 clique. And the clique is run by a man known as El Lobo. So they kind of, you know, Voight deploys the troops for this kind of undercover mission. And so Antonio and Marcella, they continue to, like, flirt terribly, horribly, awkwardly. 
And so they're walking down the street. Marcella's like, you're not wearing a wedding ring. And Antonio's like, you should be a detective. Wink, wink. (laughs) It's so bad. It's so bad. And so Antonio tells Marcella about the kids and is like, yeah, I have a son and a daughter, a really opinionated daughter. Don't hate on Eva. Eva's smart as hell. Um, Yeah. And so Marcella tells him about her family. And basically she was married, but her son passed away at the age of 13 and it destroyed her marriage. And that's, of course, the moment where Antonio, like, kind of grabs her and, like, looks her deep in the eye and is like, I'm so sorry. Just. Antonio is so bad at flirting. You know, the only person he hasn't. No, he was bad at flirting with Brett. I take it back. I take it way back. You remember when Bretonio first happened and, like, they were at Molly's and Antonio just wedged himself between Gabby and Brett to flirt with her? Yeah, that was awkward. So bad. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just I take I take everything back about what I was just about to say that Brett did not or Antonio didn't flirt awkwardly with Brett. He absolutely did. <sighs> yeah. We he still needs love you, some Antonio. Flirting skills. He needs like a master class from Severide. Yeah. <laughs> Something. <laughs> well, wait, was Jay awkward with Camilla? I can't remember. I don't No. I don't know because he was like lying to her the whole time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah like Severi teaches the flirting masterclass. No help from Jay. I take it all <laughs> back. Yeah. So yeah, and it's going to be like Will and Antonio and like who else is going to go to that class? Maybe Otis. Um, is Ruzik bad? Oh, uh, Ruzik gives no fucks though. Ruzik's just all about Burgess. He gives no fucks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's like, I, he's just so blunt. He's like, let's hook up. And Burgess is like, excuse me? <laughs> so yeah just oh flirting masterclass. oh antonio we still love you you're just really awkward um yeah so they flirt and then we cut to ruzik and atwater and they're undercover baking this is the best thing ever this is a cooking show i would watch the shit out of yes go put it on the food network or something yes watch it. <laughs> yes um, and I put out the question last night on Twitter. I was like, what would we call this? And we got a couple tweets back, which was pretty funny. Um, we got a tweet from Jessica, and she said we'd call it Chicago Cookies. Um, got a tweet from Francie, and Francie said we'd call it Patty Cakes. <laughs> so cute. Um, Molly <laughs> sent three suggestions, and I liked Molly's. Um, Molly suggested cooking with cops. That's a good one. She suggested imitating intelligence, which I think is really funny and very bruisewater. If you ask me. And then the other one, which is my personal favorite, she said, Ruzewater's Rustic Eats. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> like, I could just see that now. Um, and then Chrissy sent us a gif of a guy kneading dough and sunglasses. And the reason I lost it at that is because that is absolutely something Adam would do. Yes. Just like big cookies and aviators. <laughs> he totally would. He would. Uh, we also got an email from Allison about this. And, you know, she was talking about Ruzik and Atwater baking and everything and she's like do you think they even know how to knead dough and my only response to that I'm like everybody just like take a moment close your eyes and imagine Ruzik and Atwater on Cupcake Wars tell me that wouldn't be the most hilarious thing you've ever seen (laughs) I would love to see that you've seen Cupcake Wars right yes neither of them would know what the hell they're doing (laughs) no 
And like Ruzik would get all flustered and yell at Adam or not Ruzik would yell at Kevin and Kevin would be like, I don't know what you want me to do right now. Like it would just be a disaster and it would be hilarious. And uh, I love when Ruzik and Atwater bring the comic relief. And in this case, it was like unintentional. I don't think they meant to be comic belief, belief, relief. Sorry. No more wine before we record. Um, Yeah. I don't think they meant to be the comic relief in this episode, but like they were just them in aprons is like adorable. <laughs> I they, need a, um, they need to write in a baking class for all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they all go to a baking class and maybe they like follow it up with Kruzumba. Yeah. Just, I've had too much wine. Just don't even <laughs> don't even mind me. So you know the the Chikeos go into the bakery. They threaten Miss Franny and Miss Franny's like, I will kill you. And so Atwater's like, Mom, calm down. Like, plays it off. And so they leave. And then Burgess, Antonio, and Marcella, they tail them. And so, you know, they're doing a pretty good job of tailing them. But then Marcella tears tails. Oh, my goodness. Gina, no more wine. (laughs) Um, Marcella tails the last person into a house that she goes into. But, like, she totally lies to Burgess's face. I kind of am confused about what happens here. So the girl goes into the house, right? And Marcella lets her. Yeah, like she didn't even chase after her. Okay, and then Burgess saw that, and then she just told her that she lost her. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so Marcella straight up lies to Burgess, which is just never a good idea. It's just one of the many rules of One Chicago. Never lie to intelligence. It just is not a good idea. Just don't do it. And so, you know, Burgess really wants to call her out on it and be like, what the fuck? But she plays it pretty cool. So then they go back to the district and Platt gives Burgess an envelope to give to Marcella. This is from a guy in gangs. And so Burgess is like, that's not possible. She's working with homicide. Like, what are you talking about? And Platt's like, no, no. Like, I recognize the guy. It was definitely gangs. And so she goes upstairs and, you know, she leaves the file on Marcella's desk, but then she looks in it because, of course, she does. She's Burgess. And so she opens it and she sees profiles on the men in this gang that she's looking for. So at this point, you know, she does the right thing and she calls Antonio, but Antonio freaking ignores her because he's getting drinks with Marcella. Bad move. Oh my God. Mm, just Antonio is so much better than this and he knows so much better than this and just mm, I want to scream and so you know he's like so like you know he they're talking about like being single and everything and Marcella's like oh I love it I love swiping right or left Marcella Gomez don't you dare get that man on tinder (laughs) don't you dare cause like no just bad oh. idea. Oh, such a bad idea. And then you know there would be an awkward situation where he ran across Brett on Tinder. Brett. And like, yeah, just No. Just Tinder's a scary place. Ugh. So Yeah, and so, you know, they're talking about that. And then finally she's like, she tries to play coy, but she's so not. And they're like, they're both really awkward about this. She's like, I'm not very good about this. Do you want to come up to my room? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and so Antonio's like, well, I don't know if I should. 
you whatever so yeah he's like i don't know if they sh- if i should and then they're making they're making out and whatever and then of course antonio wakes up the next morning in marcella's bed because this is what happens when the little head tells the big head what to do if you get my drift yeah oh facepalm I wanted to, like, strangle him at this point. Just, Because, mm. like, Burgess devoted the whole night to blowing up his phone. And, like, I can't imagine Burgess just calls him casually. Ca- casually. Yeah, casually. <laughs> I'm sorry. Two glasses of wine, guys. Like, I can't imagine Burgess just calls him casually. And it's like, sup? How's it going? Like, want to watch TV? What are you doing? So, like, of course, if she's calling you, it's got to be something urgent. And he just ignores the call over and over. Yeah, like... She would probably only call him for, like, a case, like, if a case came up or she needed something. And he just ignored her. I'm like, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. And so, you know, the whole, like, ignoring him while he was, or ignoring her while he was getting drinks with her, I was like, all right, you suck, but I'm going to let it slide. But the next morning, and he's, like, still blowing her off, I was like, oh, no, I'm coming to find you. And I'm just, I'm going to yell at you. Just, no. And so... Burgess kind of gets like one up on him and so she's like basically waiting for him on the steps of his apartment love it and Antonio's just like oh sorry and Burgess is like um a callback would have been nice I'm sorry she was way too nice about that I would have been like what the fuck is your problem I'm your partner how dare you yeah Yeah. just I love Burgess sometimes she's a little too nice for my liking but I get it like mm, I would have Giving him a smashing. <laughs> oh, I was so mad. So then it, it goes from bad to worse because, you know, Antonio's like, you know, Burgess is like, hey, you know, something's up with Marcella. This is suspicious. That's suspicious. She hands him the file and Antonio's like, Kim, I'm tired and we have a lot of work to do. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like. That was kind of rude. No, it was so rude and like so not. It was. Yeah. Not him, no. It was, like, kind of out of character for him. Yeah. Just, and I get that they all get stubborn and in their heads every now and then, but, like, uh, Antonio made me really mad in this episode, and I guess just, (laughs) I mean, if I'm going to be bluntly honest here, Antonio spends the bulk of this episode thinking with his dick. I said it. (laughs) And, like, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. I said it. I'm sorry. I have two glasses of wine with me. I make zero apologies. <laughs> um, yeah. And so he's like, I'm tired. We have a lot of work to do. And then Kim's like, OK, well, you know, she tells her or she tells him about O'Brien and she tells him about everything. And Antonio's like, OK, we'll call O'Brien. And Burgess is like, hello, I already have a call in to him. And he just blows her off completely. And basically, I want to punch him into 2019. Like, I was so pissed off at him in this moment. Yeah. He, oh, my God. He wasn't, like, on the good side of this episode. He no, needs abs- to make better choices. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, preach. And it's not even – I feel like some of the male characters on these shows, I'm like, all right, Will, you're being an asshole, but, like, you're just hangry or, like, whatever, Will. You do this every week or, like, whatever, Samurai. <laughs> you're a womanizer. Antonio knows so much better than this. This is so not him. Yeah. He's, like, I don't know. He made me so angry. And, like, and like I, I tend to be really hard on the character sometimes. But, like, I feel like it's warranted this time because, oh, he made me so angry. I'm just not a fan of when the female characters get blown off. Yeah, I hate that. 
it strikes a nerve. And like, I get that that's, you know, you know, that's an issue nowadays and it's an issue all the time, actually. But like, it strikes a nerve when these men who are supposed to be on their sides blow them off like that. Not saying that Antonio is a sexist asshole. He's not. And that's why it pissed me off so bad is because he's not like that at all. But I ramble. He's better than that. Oh, he's so much better than that. He's so much better than that. And so, you know, Antonio asks Marcella about her connection to the gang's unit and she plays it off. She's like, yeah, I met him when I worked with Homicide, whatever. So meanwhile, Kim meets with this O'Brien guy and Kim's like, how the hell did she get your number? She's only been here for a week. O'Brien's like, surprise, she's been here for two months. And so she reached out about El Lobo two months ago and Burgess is like, I'm sorry, what? Like, seriously? So that's going on. And then at the bakery, we cut to the bakery and the Chiqueos are moving in now because, you know, obviously Miss Freddy told them to, you know, fuck off the first time. And so they move in from the back and Ruzik and Atwater are basically, of course, they're in the front, like ready to roll. And then Antonio and Marcella come up the back. And one of the guys goes like completely rogue and like holds up a machete at Atwater. Like, did you really think that was going to end well? No. 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 So Antonio, of course, no, Atwater, I'm sorry. Atwater, of course, like shoots him no big deal. Shoots him with one hand. Like, I don't know why the whole one hand thing just baffles me, but it does. Like, don't you always have to hold a gun with two hands? Yeah. I don't know. I think so. But yeah, and just Ruzik and Atwater have a total best friends moment. And Atwater's like, can you call so-and-so? And And Ruzik's like, yeah, good shot. BFFs for life. So then... At the district. Well, yeah. So they they kill the one guy. They arrest the other guy. And the other guy's name is Alonzo. So Voight and Antonio interrogate him. And, you know, Marcella kind of explains why she thinks that this is his first kill. Because he looks, like, super nervous on the tape the first go around. And there's an initiation into SS11 that happens where basically all of the other members of the gang beat you up for 11 seconds. And if you withstand it, then you're in. And so he's all, like, bruised and beaten, of course. And Voight's like, Antonio... What'd you do? And Antonio's like, no, no, he came in like this. So Marcella's pretty sure that this is his first kill. And so, you know, Voight and Antonio plead with him. They're like, listen, you're really young. Like, you know, you can kind of dictate where you go from here. And Voight starts to say a couple things that are like, not awkward, but they're just like, oh, Voight, you're speaking from personal experience, but you can't say. (laughs) Oh, and we'll get into the Voight stuff later, but Voight's like, yeah, that's the thing about murder. You can't take it back. It stays with you for the rest of your life, no matter how hard you try. Oh, boy. Face palm. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that because that was a hot button topic of the night as well. And so Alonzo basically coughs up El Lobo's location. So while this is going on, Marcella is watching through the two-way, and this might be one of my favorite Burgess moments ever, because Marcella's watching through the two-way, no clue what's going on behind her, and it's like one of those scary movie moments where they shut the bathroom mirror door and realize someone's behind them. Like, Marcella moves, and Burgess is right over her shoulder, didn't say anything, like, she's just standing there. Yeah, that was kind of... Well, creepy, but, like, I love it because, like, I love when Burgess just, like, Burgess's inner badass comes out. And, like, yeah, it was so great. And so it's, like, scary movie style. She's like, holy shit, Burgess. And she turns around and she's like, is something on your mind? And Burgess calls her ass out. It is so great. 
Burgess is like, what's your deal? You lied to me. I saw what you did. Like, what the fuck's your problem? And Marcella just, like, chickens out and she bolts. And so, you know, Burgess runs outside and she sees Marcella get into this car and she snaps a picture, like, as quickly as she can. And, like, I love and hate that she did this because, I, I mean, of course she did it so that they could run facial recognition, but, like, she also had to get the picture to, like, prove it to Antonio because Antonio wasn't going to believe her otherwise. Yeah. Like... Mm, love it. So she takes the picture and she's like really quickly messing with her phone. Well, she texts it to Ruzik because of course she does. Like, Ruzik. No better person to send it to than him. Yeah, like, screw you, Antonio. I'm going to text this to Ruzik. He's going to have my back. And so, yeah, she texts it to Ruzik, who's like just upstairs. And she runs upstairs and she's like, okay, just run the facial recognition. Like, I'm going to do something else. And she does a little recon, and she discovers that Marcella's son was murdered by a lobo. And so, you know, Ruzik runs the facial recognition, and she find or he finds that you know this guy is part of what's. And this is this is the exact line he says: a Salvadoran vigilante death squad. As in, like they're there to kill a lobo. But like, I hear Salvadoran vigilante death squad, and I'm like, is that the next Marvel movie? Oh <laughs> no! Sounds like it. I mean, I would see that. It sounds cool. Like, those are some, like, big, big random words. <laughs> yeah, and, like, Ruzik just rattles it off. But I just, and it's such a, like, it's not a long scene, but I love Burgess and Ruzik working together. I said that right, right? Yes. Burgess, yeah. yeah, I love them working together because just, you know, she knows that Ruzik's always going to have her back and just Burzik. Hard eyes everywhere. So... Yeah, so we find out that basically, you know, that guy she's working with, Marcella and that guy are basically there for the sole purpose of killing El Lobo. And so Burgess tells Antonio. And, you know, Burgess tells Antonio and Ruzik's there, Voight's there, and they're all just kind of like, this is the situation. They're backing her up. Um, And what I love here, and it's so small, is that, you know, Burgess kind of relays this information about the Salvadoran vigilante death squad. I'm telling you, that's a new Marvel movie. Um, But... (laughs) You know, Burgess is relaying this information. And then Ruzik adds in. Ruzik's like, they don't just kill. Sometimes they engage in torture for days. And, like, this is a really small thing, but it's something that just stuck out to me. I'm really starting to enjoy, like, the Antonio Burgess-Ruzik dynamic. It's kind of similar to, like, Ruzik and Roman and Burgess. Not just put the hookup out of your mind. Um, But it's kind of similar in that, like, you know, Roman's her partner. Ruzik loves her. They both have the same, you know, goal here of protecting Burgess, but they're going to clash heads sometimes. Yeah. And so, I mean, we kind of saw it last week when Ruzik told Antonio, he was like, you killed Kevin. And, you know, Burgess got in, in between them. And then Antonio was like, well, what if I missed and he shot Burgess? And then this week we kind of see it because Antonio is being like really hard headed and Ruzik's just backing Burgess up. So I, I don't know. I, I might be reading into that a little too much, but there's a little dynamic there that I'm kind of starting to enjoy. No, I see it too, and I like it. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, Roman was a jackass, but Antonio <laughs> is not a jackass in general. He's generally not, this episode beside. But, um, you know, Antonio's not usually as much of a jackass as Roman was. So, like, you know Antonio's always going to be looking out for Burgess. In a different way than Roman was. Yeah. Like, Antonio is, like, more, I don't know, mature 
maybe, than Roman was? Oh, God, yes. So he would, like, have her back. I don't know. Roman never really had Burgess's back, really, because she was always getting in trouble. He didn't, like... I feel like he didn't know from the get-go he needed to have her back. I feel like he didn't realize he needed to have her back until she got shot. Yeah, and that, like, flipped a switch in his brain. I wanted Ruzik to punch him so badly. (laughs) Yeah, we know how much you dislike him. I tried. I really (laughs) tried. Oh, my God. Side note, though. Did you see, um, have you seen his new show that he's on now, Brian Garrity? The alien, is it the alienist or something? Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't watched it. I caught the first episode. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's about, like, mental health professionals in the 1800s, and they were actually, instead of being called, like, psychologists, they were called alienists. I don't know. I don't know. I just remember, like, creeping Brian Garrity's Instagram, and they shot the whole thing in, like, Eastern Europe, and all of his pictures were gorgeous, but beside the point. I tried to like Roman. I really did. But, like, I have more faith in Antonio that he's going to take care of Burgess more so than Roman was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Something that got me this episode, I was, like, really excited that we got a lot of Burgess and Antonio. But it wasn't the Burgess and Antonio I expected. Like, I want to see Burgess and Antonio when Antonio is, like, mentoring her. And Antonio is like, okay, you know, I see where you're going. But, like, a better way to approach this might be this. Just, you know, like mentoring her instead of Burgess having to reel him in. Yeah, I want to see that too. Like that's That'd be the, interesting. Yeah, that's the Burgess and Antonio I thought we were going to see, and I mean we didn't. I'm not complaining. I mean they're a great partnership. I love it, but you know I do want to see that. I want to see Burgess benefiting from his experience. Yeah, because I feel like she still has a little bit to learn, and she can learn it from Antonio. So I want to see her. I want to see him, like, mentoring her and, like, teaching her stuff. Yeah, and I feel like Antonio will actually teach her. I feel like with Alinsky, she kind of had to teach herself because Alinsky was too busy being an asshole. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like Antonio will actually take the time to teach her and, like, answer her questions and stuff, you know? Yeah. So hopefully we still get to see that. I mean, I love that we saw Burgess and Antonio this week. I'm not complaining one bit. Um, but I would like to see that, you know, that mentorship. So... Yeah, and so, you know, they all go to the location that Alonzo had coughed up, and they find a woman and two kids huddled in a closet. So basically, Marcella and the vigilante death squad guy beat them there. And so Upton and Atwater narrow it down to three different addresses where a Lobo might be, and then they zero in on a vacant property. Little side note, Upton and Atwater, I'm just saying, they look really good together. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm waiting for that ship to go oh yeah i ship it even though like you know we've we haven't even had any like barely any scenes between between them i ship it yeah so they go to one of the addresses and marcella has a lobo bound and gagged and it gets intense here so voight and antonio are trying to talk her out of it they're like don't do this drop the gun and Voight has another one of those moments where he's like, I'm going to just drop some personal experience and nobody's going to know. And so Voight's like, killing him is not going to bring your boy back. It's not going to make you whole again. Believe me. Ooh, Voight. So Marcella just gives like no fucks at all. And she like, she's like staring right at Voight and she puts a bullet through El Lobo's head. Crazy. That I was like, all right, like whatever. She killed El Lobo. 
that's, you know, not surprised. What she does next, though, surprised me, surprises me even more. I thought she was going to take the gun and, like, kill herself. Mm-hmm. But no, she pointed it at Antonio. I was like, are you... Yeah, but what are you doing? I feel like people, like... Antonio has had guns pointed at him multiple times in this series, and it never ends well for the person who points it at him. Never. And so Antonio, or she points the gun at Antonio, and so, of course, Antonio has to kill her at this point. And, I mean, he's just distraught. And, I mean, I was a little, I wasn't, like, surprised as to why, but I kind of was at the same time. Like, he had a very, very emotional reaction, and I was a little taken aback by that. I was like, you hooked up with this woman, like, once? You've only been working with her a couple days? You also just broke up with Brett for the second time, maybe like a week or two ago. And you're going to be like an emotional wreck over this woman? Yeah, no. No. Uh, Yeah, I was a little, I don't know. I was a little thrown by that. And like the way he just kind of forgot about Brett in this episode, I was like, what? I know. And that's like last week's fire episode where she kind of forgot about Antonio. Like. These like they need to like I don't know it's so weird. They this the Bretonio ship right now is making absolutely zero sense and it's starting to piss me off because like both of them neither of them want anything serious they both just want to have fun right? Yeah. And so they break off what they've got and Brett wants to go have fun with Hazmat Zach and Antonio just has a fling with this woman like I'm so confused with them right now. Yeah, I don't understand it. Like, it felt forced to begin with, and now it's like, well, to me, it felt forced to begin with. And now it's just like, they're not even making any sense. It's just confusing. Did you feel any better about them the second time around? Yeah, a little bit. It wasn't as awkward. Like, the first time, it was, like, so awkward. And I feel like it wasn't that awkward this time around. Yeah, and they're like, their meet cute the first time they met, like, wasn't very cute. It was very awkward. But I got on board with them very quickly. I, people say that it felt forced. I was totally okay with it. But I, I'm the weirdo when it comes to ships. Um, <laughs> but now that I'm at a point with them that I was with Dossie in, like, season. What season was Louie around four? Yeah, last season at four. They're on six. Well, they're on six now, but when. The season finale when uh, What's-Her-Face was like, you can come to my room, Casey, and then Casey showed up at Dawson's door. Four. Four. Okay. I'm at a point with Bretonio that I was with Dossie at the end of that season because they were, like, they were arguing and they weren't, you know, communicating, getting along, whatever. I was like, listen, if you losers want to ruin your relationship, go right ahead. I'm going to be doing other things that are more productive with my time. And that's where I'm at with Bretonio. I'm like, if you guys want to, like, be stupid and not communicate and, like, do dumb shit, go ahead. I'm going to be over here, like, watching something else. That's the point I'm at with Bretonio. I'm kind of there at that point, too. Now, the minute they want to work it out, I'm back on board. But right now, they're pissing me off. Yeah, same. It's like an ain't nobody got time for that kind of thing. Whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, so basically, Antonio kills Marcella, acts like Brett never happened. It's kind of like Severide and Anna. Like, Anna dies and Severide's like, who? Whatever. Yeah. And so we're back at the 21st, and Antonio finally apologizes to Burgess. And he's like, I'm sorry, you were right, I was distracted. I'm like, yeah, you were distracted by your dick. (laughs) 
But, you know, Burgess is a better sport about it. She's just like, you know, they fist bump. They're all good. Again, if I were Burgess, I'd be like, you want to not take me seriously again? Like, I will end you. And this is why I never did well in school in group projects. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> never played well with others. But, uh, yeah. And so, you know, he, he apologizes to Burgess. They're cool. And, you know, Voight comes out and talks to Antonio. And he's like, you know, she was motivated by hate. There's nothing you could do. You know, you did what you had to do in taking her down. And, you know, before Antonio throws out the picture, he's like, she wanted me to do it. And throws out the picture. And that's that's a thing. Because I wondered that, too. When she pointed the gun at Antonio, I was like, why not just take herself out instead of do that? But I'm a sucker for cop shows, like big time sucker for cop shows. And one of my favorite shows, it's this Canadian cop show called Flashpoint. Oh, my God. Everybody needs to watch it. It's the best. But they talk about suicide by cop in an episode. And that's a thing where, you know, uh, like a a subject doesn't want to kill themselves. And so they basically make it so that the cop has to do it. So, yeah, she wanted me to do it. So she she wanted to die. She just couldn't bring herself to do it herself. Which is just sad. But the storyline was something. I mean, what did you think, Ashley? It was kind of intense and kind of like crazy. And I don't know. It was it was crazy. Yeah. And I love that we got an Antonio episode because I love, love, love Antonio. And John Seda is just the best, of course. I just wish Antonio was a little smarter about the whole situation. Yeah. He needed to be thinking with his head and yep. doing the right thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, I think, isn't the crossover, like, a big episode for him, too? I don't know. Is it? I, I think I, so. It has, like, uh, Dawson and Brett in it. So, I'm guessing it is. I don't remember. Oh, oh yeah. Because, like, doesn't Antonio send Gabby and Brett, like, undercover or something? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know Antonio is going to be watching that one like a hawk. Like, his sister and Brett, who he totally still loves, even though he's kind of an idiot about it. Yeah, that one's going to be... That's going to be good. good yeah. So, that was, yeah, just... I love Antonio. I really do. I just wish he'd been a little smarter in this episode. And, like, thank God that Burgess is wise beyond her years. Because, yeah. you know, she's a relatively young cop in this unit and just, you know, I feel like she's, like, self-taught. And thank God, thank God she's self-taught because, like, you know, a, a young cop might not know how to handle a situation like that. Yeah, so, she did. So. Oh, you know what else is worth mentioning? And I forgot. The only reason I didn't make this a separate thing in the outline is because it was just, like, a scene. Um, when Upton and Halstead are sticking out over the bakery – uh, Upton, uh, yeah, Upton turns to Jay and is like, how's therapy? Just point blank, how's therapy? What? Um, okay, I have and some Jay just about flat out is like, yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, like, he says it's helping him and he's like talking about what's happening in Afghanistan and in Chicago and I'm just like, okay, but why, like, I want to see him talk about that. Like, why don't we see that? Yeah, that was my thought exactly. I was like, okay, but can we see this? Yeah. I want to know about these things. Yeah, and like, I thought, like, I don't know. I just want, and that would be, like, a lead into more of his backstory, and I just, like, want to see that. Like, I've been wanting to know what happened in Afghanistan with him, and it's just, like, getting pushed to the side. 
Yeah, no, for real. Because the minute he said that and he was like, I'm, you know, dealing with stuff that happened in Afghanistan, I'm like, like what? Stuff like what? Go on. We're listening. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to know more. There was that episode when Mouse first came on the scene and, like, you know, Platt was trying to, like, onboard him or whatever. And Mouse was talking about, you know, quote unquote, that day in Kandahar. And, you know, I, I remember Derek saying that we'd find out more about it and we never did. And I just, I'm like, I'm dying to know. They need to bring him back and get him and Jay to just sit down and talk about everything. Oh, my God. I miss Mouse so much. <laughs> uh, same. So much. What is Samuel Hunt even doing these days? Not the singer, the actor. <laughs> I have no idea. I follow him on Instagram, but I don't think he ever posts anything. He used to post, like, all the time, and it's usually pictures of his fiance, who's absolutely gorgeous, by the way. But yeah, just, I miss Mouse. I really miss Mouse. I just, yeah. He needs to come back. He really does. And he was, like, his character was just such a good way to get Jay to talk. Yeah. Because, like, we've already seen that Will is not, Will doesn't get Jay to talk the way that we hoped he would. Yeah, and, like, Mouse got him to open up and let, like, all his feelings out. And, it's, and yeah, I miss Mouse. <laughs> yeah, just, I, you know, I want to know more. I'm also, like, I am a little surprised that Upton asked that question so point blank. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, you know, I have been pretty open before about, like, you know, my struggles with depression in the past but like I was in therapy for a little bit and if a co-worker just flat out was like how was therapy I'd be like I'm sorry that's none of your business yeah so but on the flip side of that I mean Jay doesn't really have anybody to confide in right now and so I can see why he would be so willing to answer that question yeah, it's like nobody has even asked him how he's been doing lately, but Upton. Right, but Upton also pretty much gave him the ultimatum of like, if you're not going through with therapy, then I'm not going to be your partner. Yeah. I don't know. I just, Upton does this thing where she teeters on being a know-it-all sometimes, and it makes me pretty crazy, but... I think it's good. It's definitely good that he's going, you know, he's liking therapy and he's making progress. And yesterday was Bell Let's Talk Day, which is a Canadian um, social media campaign for mental health awareness. And so, you know, nice little add in. Well done. Oh, that's Um, true. It kind of spit in right there. Yeah. And so I'm yesterday being Wednesday because we record this on Thursday, but. You know, I that was a good thing to note. You know, and I'm I'm glad for his character that he's he's liking therapy and he's making progress and he's doing good things. And it's the the whole moral of the story. It is okay to ask for help. Just yes, it's okay. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to ask for help. And anybody who makes you feel differently is not worth your time. Preach. Yes, that is my rant. So anyway, yeah, I'm glad Jay's doing well. And it was just, you know, it was a scene, but like, I'm glad. And so the last bit we want to talk about, which is a pretty big deal, is Voight. Because, wow. Um, And so, you know, the episode opens and Voight is overlooking a crime scene from a bridge. And so this scene starts and 
he's overlooking the crime scene. And my first thought, I'm like, all right, well, this is just, you know, part of the case. But then Alinsky pulls up and gets out of his car. The minute he pulled up, I knew this wasn't a case. Did you? Yeah, and plus we knew from, like, the episode description that this body was going to be found. So I'm like, this has to be it. But I feel like it's, like, not good when you see Voight and Olinsky together roll up to a scene and your first thought is, well, this is some shady shit. Especially at nighttime. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Olinsky's like, what's going on? And uh, Voight's like, yeah, this is exactly what we thought. And so Voight's like, we're going to wait it out. We're just going to, you know, stay low. But I'd also better call Lindsay and give her a heads up. About time they mentioned her. <laughs> First Aaron reference since 501. And I was like, wow, they actually mentioned Aaron. Yeah. Uh, and so Olinsky's like, all right, it's going to be okay, okay, Hank. You know, it's going to be fine. And Hank's just like, I did what I had to do. Did you know what was up at this point? You did, right? Yes. Okay, so, I mean, we all knew what was up at this point, so I don't even need to say what Denny said, but basically they have found the human remains of Robert Bingham, who killed Justin Voigt in the season three finale? Mm-hmm. Three. We all knew what was up. So I've got a couple things off this. So he's like, better call Lindsay and give her heads up. Okay, so that's confirmation that Lindsay moved the body. Body? Yeah. She's tiny, though. She had to have had help, right? Yeah, there is no way she moved a grown man's body by herself. Like, there's just no way. So the the guys from the social club had to have helped her, right? Ooh, maybe. Because remember there was an episode where he went to talk to the social club and Carmine was like, you know, what you owe us for Justin? Yeah. So maybe they did. I haven't thought about that. I find it so jarring slash semi-disturbing that Aaron covered up a murder and shoved a gun down a guy's throat and was punished by a promotion to the FBI. Yeah, like, mm-hmm, yeah. That would not happen in real life. Well, it's just, this, <laughs> this is where, I mean... But did any, okay, and here's my point. We were talking about this before we started recording. Okay, so did anybody actually know, like, did Jay know that Aaron moved his body? And, like, did anybody actually know this? Oh, there's no way Jay knew about moving the body. Because, but that brings up an interesting point because, I mean, what, what wins at that point? His, like, what, what is more important to Jay? His love for Aaron or his, you know... Him wanting to uphold the law. Yeah. I can't imagine a situation where Jay would be so jaded for his love for Aaron that he would willingly be an accomplice to murder. Because by knowing that and not doing anything, he's an accomplice. Yeah, that was just not like him. I I doubt Jay knew because... Was it Pulpo when Olinsky and Voight were going to kill him and Jay went down to the docks and was like, holy shit, you can't do this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that Jay would know. I don't know. You know what? This does make me think of uh, when I interviewed LaRoyce before season four. Yes. Yes. Um, and I, I I asked him point blank, because this is something that had bugged me, too. I was like, does intelligence know 
what Voight did at the silos. And LaRoyce basically said he's like, I think deep down everybody knows that he took care of business. But so I think, yeah, I think everybody in intelligence probably knows that he, you know, took care of business. But I don't think anybody knows that Aaron was an accomplice and moved the body. Yeah, because I feel like if somebody knew that, they would have, like, I don't know, something we would have known. Kind of, sort of. Maybe not, though. I mean, but that's an interesting question. Because, like, what that's that really brings up an interesting question. Would Jay be so blinded by his love for Aaron that he would keep the fact that she was an accomplice to murder under wraps? I honestly do not. I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good question, though. I like that a lot. I'm going to jot that down to hopefully ask Jesse in March. (laughs) (laughs) And Jesse's going to be like, oh, my God, that's so deep. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you had some other thoughts on this, too, didn't you? Did I? No, I think that was it, wasn't it? I don't remember. I feel like this is probably like it was probably a thing where like. Just like a don't ask, don't tell thing with intelligence where like, you know, they all just kind of knew without saying Mm -hmm. that Voight killed the guy, but they weren't going to ask any questions about it. Yeah. Just crazy. Um, But yeah, and then when Voight's like, I did what I had to do, I'm like, you didn't have to kill Bingham. Could have turned him over and like, you know, justice could have been served. He would have been in prison for years. Probably for life, life, but I mean, didn't have to kill Robert Bingham, <laughs> but you know, who are we to tell Voight what to do? So later on, Woods pops up at the 21st and these scenes between Woods and Hank in this episode are freaking brilliant, brilliant because everything they're saying, like they are, they're saying one thing. But they mean something completely different. Completely different. And so Woods pops up the 21st. He's like, yeah, there was construction on the supermart down by the 22nd Street Bridge. But it was halted because they found human remains. And of course, the remains are Kevin Bingham, a.k.a. the guy who murdered Justin. Also, in this moment, when he says that, he takes a photo off of Voight's desk and shows it to him. And it's a photo of Voight and Justin, you know, just in case you wanted to, like, die of feels. I'm still not over that finale. Like, I cried actual tears at that finale. I'm just not even... Really? Tell me about Justin. What's Olive and Daniel up to? Oh, my God. I know. I don't know. (laughs) Daniel's got to be, like, two or three now. And, like... That breaks my heart even more that, like, Voight's got a grandson he has no relationship with. And... Oh, my God. Yeah, we don't even get mentioned at all. We don't see them. We don't... Yeah. Breaks my heart breaks my heart thank you for bringing that back up ashley i'm like a slight wreck now um you're welcome welcome. yeah so you know woods is like yeah so the crime lab is working around the clock to clear your name hank you know it's gonna be fine whatever and hank's like well you know it's just been so long that i don't think there's gonna need you probably don't need to do anything to clear my name and so denny's like well we brought in an fbi forensics team just to be safe and Denny's trying to drive home the point of, like, you know, we've got your back. We're trying to protect you. We're going to clear your name. But, like, it's the exact opposite. And you can tell from the scene. It's, like, so apparent that Denny's like, I know you fucking murdered him. You're going down this time. Like, this is happening. And 
I, I just feel like the scene, it's just brilliantly written because they're saying one thing, but clearly meaning another. And it's so apparent. And I love it so much. Um, I also love how Hank gets up and like opens the door and is like, got anything else? Okay, bye. <laughs> like, get out. Like, get the fuck out. Yeah, I love that. And so later on, Al walks in and in like one blink and you miss it line of dialogue. He's like, mm, I talked to Aaron. Like, moving on. Uh, back up. You talked to Aaron? Like, I have just a trillion questions. Like, okay, so she's good. Like, how is she? How's New York? How's her life? Does she see Benson every week for coffee? Like, <laughs> did she ask about Jay? Does Jay know that Al spoke to her? I have so many questions. Like, so much more than just one line of dialogue's worth. Yeah, same. I need, like, all the answers. Like, do you think she asked? Him? Yeah. Did, did did she ask about Jay? Do you think? I don't know. Was it like a quick, like twenty, like quick phone call, or like was it long? Like, did she have time to ask about? I don't know. Like, somebody... Yeah, and that's the other question I had. Why didn't Voight call her? Yeah. Do they not talk anymore? I have so many questions. And like, yes, in the past, you know, we're always saying that, you know, it's time to move on. Aaron's gone. You know, everybody needs to move on. But she resurfaced in this episode. Like, I need to know things. I just, yeah. I'm yeah, just, yeah I, you read that in the outline. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so me. Like, all these questions are, like, floating in my brain. I'm like, I need answers. I basically need to know if... Aaron actually gave Jay an explanation or if she really did just leave on that bridge and not talk to him again. Yeah, like, did, has she called him? Like, or, yeah. like, did she call him, like, after she left and, like, talked to him about everything? And, like, has he reached out now that he's in therapy? Like, has he maybe reached out to her to talk about everything? Like, I need to know this and, like, I hate that I'm still hung up on this because, like, Linstead is over and Linstead is long over. And, like, yes, we all do need to accept it. And I feel like I have, but it still just makes me so angry the way she left because Jay did not deserve that. I don't no. feel like any character deserves that. No. And, like, I, it makes me mad. Uh, I don't know. We know didn't, it's so like she ghosted him and like we didn't get an explanation like they never brought her back up and it's just Jay was going through all this stuff and she wasn't there and that deserved me and it's just I don't know but th that's why it keeps bringing up the question to me of like did she even really love him you would think if she really did she would want to give him closure I mean I really I think she I mean yeah she had to love him Maybe she thought she loved him. I just, I'm sorry. I have unresolved Linstead feelings. I just. Let's bring her back up all these questions and really memories. And... But yeah, Aaron, Al talks to Aaron and Aaron's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not even worried about being an accomplice to murder. Like, okay. Like, okay. I've moved on. Oh my God. Could you imagine if Olivia found out about that? Olivia would blow a gasket. I'm not, oh, she would not be happy. Oh my god, she would lose her shit. Yeah, because she always tries to stop Voight from doing stuff. And like, oh, she would, that would not be good. Oh my god, she would be so disappointed. You know, I, wonder, I doubt Olivia even knows about that side of Voight. Like, she probably thinks it doesn't exist. 
Probably not. No, like, then, like, her and Aaron talk? Like, I need to know that. Yeah, I, I'd imagine they do. Oh my god, I have so many unresolved questions. <laughs> it's so bad. Goodness. Um, I need answers. Somebody give me some answers over here. Yeah. Yeah, I just... And I feel I feel like we've done a very good job of moving on, but I'll talk to her. I just kind of want to know what's up. Like, how, is she happy in New York? You know? You know what? I would like... Could we, like, maybe... I don't know. It's probably asking too much. But... <laughs> Could we not have heard her voice, like, on this phone call? Like, could we not see this phone call go down? Oh, no, that that's too much to ask, because then they'd have to get Sophia. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. That's not going to happen. Just, yeah, so. Uh, just, you know, we heard the name Lindsay, and it just kind of spiraled mm-hmm. us into a bunch of questions. and Brought everything back up. Yeah. As always, you are always free to let out all of your feels, Linstead feels included, on our Twitter or DM or email. Because we still got Linstead Fields, so, you know. If y'all, like, are on this topic of Linstead, I'm going to give everybody a fanfic recommendation and go read a fine line, because that story will put you in your feels so bad. That's not the president one, is it? Yep. (laughs) Give everybody a little bit more insight into this fanfiction. (laughs) Okay. It's... It's so good. Void is the president, and Aaron's like the first daughter, and Camille is like the first lady, and Jay is a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this the best fan fiction I've like probably Linstead fan fiction I might have read. Right, it updates like once a week, so it's like keeps updating, and it's so good. Each chapter star. keeps getting better and better, and like Justice, her brother says so, like he's this or whatever it's just so good and like everybody's in it like atwater's in it ruzik's in it uh rickston's in it burgess is in it it's like so good i miss rickston he's in the band with jay so like he's like the is it guitar or drummer he's something it's so good i kind of love that so much (laughs) you need to go read it i will you'll need to send me that link again but yes we will we'll post the link to that we hopefully won't forget because we always do um yeah and so the episode ends and denny meets hank for drinks and this is another one of those just absolutely brilliant scenes because everything they're saying they mean something else and so denny tells this story and it's i got pretty lost in this one tell me if you like understood this but denny basically says that the crime lab discovered a deformed bullet and the bullet matches one that was fired at an armed robbery a couple of years ago where Hank made an arrest. But the suspect's gun was never recovered. So I'm thinking that the bullet that was fired from this gun was fired from a gun that they never found, meaning Hank took the gun. Right? Yes. That's confusing. Yeah, I lost it midway here, too. And that also was, like, I don't know. It could be, like, a stupid, this is probably a stupid gun question. But it was a bullet that matched one that was fired at an armed robbery years ago. So bullets are that unique? That you can trace it back to a robbery that occurred, like, a million years ago? Um, I don't think so. Me? I don't know. This is... That's like all, I don't know, that's confusing. 
I'm going to need to Google that as soon as we finish recording. <laughs> but I I think that's, I think basically what Denny was implying here was that Voight took the suspect's gun. And that's what he used to kill Robert Bingham. And that's how the bullets matched up. So Denny's all talking about, you know, we're still going to clear your name. We're going to do this. We're going to do whatever. And it ends with Denny looking at the score of the Blackhawks game. And he goes, look at that score. Looks like the game is just about over. And he walks out and Voight just like sips his drink. Holy shit. Holy shit. I'm so glad they brought this storyline back up though. I'm glad you brought that up because this was something else. And I, a couple of my friends texted me during this episode and they were like, why the hell are we going there again? And I was like, wait, but why are you complaining? I love it. Yeah, and it's going to probably resolve so many unanswered questions that we had about Justin Seth. Yeah, I'm interested to see what way they're going to take it. Because, I mean, the obvious answer is that Voight's going to find a way to use this against Woods and bury him. Yeah. But I kind of don't want to see that happen. I kind of want to see, I don't want to see Voight go down for this, but I want to see Denny, like, pin him in a corner and be mm. like, this is the deal. I know you killed this guy. Yeah, because we always see Voight, like, bury the other person. I want to see, like, the roles reversed where, like, Denny goes after Voight. Yeah. And, like, yeah, it's gonna be, I'm glad they brought it back up so we can have all these questions answered and see how it plays out. And it, yeah, and it's like you said, it really does answer some unresolved questions for us. Because, I mean, after that finale, all of us were like, so we're just going to leave it at that. And assume that Lindsay may have moved a body and Voight probably killed that guy and we're just going to let it go. Yeah, and then those are never brought up again. Now I'm glad, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they're bringing it back up. And the, the reaction on Twitter was kind of split. People were like, you know, what, what the hell is this? I also want to bring something else up. Okay, who said, was Al said it when they brought up Lindsay? They said something about a body bag was full of bones? Yeah, I think that's what they recovered. So, like, I don't know, that was, so he's decayed that bad? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's been two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. She must have really dug that body. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, but, like, when she moved the body, he'd only been dead a couple months, right? Yeah. I mean, she had to have help from the social club. Yeah, I guess she it had, carry Yeah, it. I guess it had literally just decayed into a bag of bones, but... Huh. Yeah, because when she moved that body, it couldn't have been into bones yet. It still had to be, like, a full body. But then, like, I, I have so many questions. Like, when did they do it? How did they do it? I mean, how did they? How did remain they dig under it? Did they like, dig it up with a shovel? Like, uh, like how did they dig this body up? Exactly. Like, how far down was it? Like, how? So many, so many questions. questions. Yeah, so many. Um. So yeah, about the whole Void storyline, we got a an an email from Allison about this. Um. You guys were quiet this week, unfortunately, because there was a lot to talk about in this episode, and we we only got one email, which was sad. Guys, we don't bite. Like, get in touch with us, please. So Allison basically said she, she you know, she asked. She said, "What's the overall consensus on this story?" I love it, Ashley. You like it? Yeah. Um. Brian didn't get to add her notes to this episode. We'll have to ask her another time and how she feels about this, but. Allison said, you know, I feel like Voight and Lindsay are way too good at their jobs to have any evidence come back on them. 
Um, and then she makes a Dexter reference. You've never seen Dexter, have you, Ashley? No. It's good. It's on, it's on Showtime. Oh, it's so good. Um, you know, she says, I feel like they're way too good to have this come back on them since there is this isn't their first rodeo. So she comes up with a theory. And I don't know how I feel about this. Okay, so Allison's theory. She, she says, Woods can't bury Voight. And in the meantime, Voight finds a way to bury Woods. And then in parentheses, he says, maybe even literally. I wouldn't put it past him. And then she says, and maybe with the help of Adam? <laughs> No. How would Adam react to... He would have to tell Adam what happened, and I literally do not see that happening. I don't think he would, though. I think he could just be like, you know, Woods is trying to pin this murder on me. Isn't that the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? Yeah, I could see that. But But I don't think Adam would help him. I don't know. How would Adam react to finding out the truth? That's I think that's the whole question here. Is how would the whole unit react to finding out the truth? Is and is there anybody on this unit who would just blindly be like, "All right, like that's cool. You murdered somebody. Moving on." Aside from Al. And I feel like they would be like shocked and I don't know. They would be I don't know. That would be like an interesting thing to see. I feel like Outwater would be torn. And Jay would be like upset maybe oh jay would be i mean yeah jay would be so upset oh my god no he'd be pissed because he'd be like you got aaron into this like you brought yeah. her into this that would he'd make him go off yeah upton is totally by the book so she'd be appalled antonio would be appalled ruzik would do whatever atwater did and burgess i don't know she you know i could see burgess being a little understanding of like you know this guy murdered your son yeah burgess is not sweet little burgess that she used to be (laughs) no she's not and i love it (laughs) and platt wouldn't be surprised either no you've probably i would think would really be pissed would be jay yes and maybe Antonio? Oh, Antonio would absolutely be pissed. And it would be twofold with Antonio, because remember, he's the one who arrested Void on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So many good talking points from this episode. They are. Goodness. But yeah, I think that's about all we've got for this episode. I mean, this was a really good episode. It was. It brought up so many questions. <laughs> it really did. I feel like this, like, was a really good way to blend, you know, season five PD with, like, you know, season three, where, like, mm-hmm. you know, in season three, the episodes, they were just, like, intelligence was just kind of run as, like, a really well-oiled machine. And this was a good mix of, like, old and new. Yeah. Really, really good. I liked it a lot. So, um, have you seen the promo for next week? Yes. Um. Basically, the episode's called Anthem, and I think the bulk of it takes place at a college campus, but I think the big issue of next week is that, you know, there's going to be a hostage situation or something's going to go down that Woods' daughter is caught in the middle of. Yeah, something like that. I mean, there's no way that Voight's going to let something happen to Woods' daughter. No. No, there's no way. So I imagine that Voight's going to, like, save her life or something, and then Woods is going to be like, I'm backing off. 
Yeah, and then it'd be like the end of this whole storyline that we want to see more of. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it's not. I I I don't want to see Voight go down for this, but I want to see Voight backed into a corner. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I want to see that too. Like the most backed into a corner we've ever seen him. But I don't know. So. Um, next week is also the last episode before the Chicago shows go off for the Olympics. Sad. Um, we get all three shows next week, don't we? No, tonight's the last night of fire. Oh, right, you are. So we just have Med and PD next week. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we've been talking about what we want to do over hiatus. We've got some, like, tentative ideas. Basically, from what it looks like, we're going to get two weeks free during the Olympics, and so, like, two weeks free as in, like, two weeks of no Chicago shows. And so, we're, we're tentatively, we're talking about doing an episode on the med pilot, which would be fun. And then we finally want to bring you guys the episode where we talk about all of the other shows we watch outside of One Chicago. Because contrary to popular belief, we watch other shows. And we all so, watch, like, the same shows. We really do, because we're, like, the same person, just in three different places. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we're, those are the episodes we're thinking of doing over hiatus. So, you know, the, the discussion will go on. Basically, just because the show is going to be off for the Olympics doesn't mean that we're going anywhere. You're still stuck with us. So, yeah, um, that's our episode. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Meet us at Molly's right across the board. Um Email us, meetusatmollies at gmail.com. Guys, nobody got in touch with us this week. It makes me really sad. Really sad. I even tweeted out talking points and nobody responded. Oh, wow. I know. I'm sad, guys. I'm sad. Um, but yeah, email us, meetusatmollies at gmail.com. Send us DMs, tweet us. Just, guys, like, we don't bite. Please get in touch with us. Even if you have, like, suggestions or ideas or, like, constructive criticism, like, please send it. Email us. Get in touch with us, please. Um... Yeah, follow us individually on Twitter. I am Gina Watches TV. Ashley. I am at Ashnick095. Bryna is BrynaK13. Um, don't forget the OCE deadline for the Chicago Heroes event. The deadline for the group photo and the Lottie's party have officially passed. However, the purchase deadline is February 12th. So, you know, if you're still on the fence about going, don't be. Life is short. Come to the con. It's going to be a blast. Um, but yeah, that's about all we've got for today. Everybody have a good weekend and we will see you on Monday for Chicago Fire. Bye.